Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, sponsored by Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Technology for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. The FIAAA also wants to thank our great diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. The FIAAA also wants to thank our great platinum sponsors, including Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. And Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experience. Thanks to all of our great FIAAA sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We've got a very special episode today. This is our third student panel, this time featuring student athletes from the great state of Texas. Uh, I'm going to introduce them all right now, but then you're going to get a chance to hear about them. Uh, in my top left-hand corner, we've got Vivian Champ. Uh, Vivian is uh, currently a junior at St. Andrews School in Austin, Texas. Um, also joining her from St. Andrews is Mark Greenberg. Uh, I think Mark is a sophomore uh, also at St. Andrews. And then... Um, from St. Stephen's School, also in Austin, Texas, we've got Ben Carter. Uh, Vivian, Ben, and Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. And it's great to be here. Well, we're great. excited to hear what's going on in the great state of Texas. And uh, as we said, uh, it's a busy time for everybody. We appreciate you being here. For our listeners, we're recording this on May 16th. We're going to jump right into things. Um, Vivian, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you were born, you know, where you go to school, maybe some college plans, you know, what's going on right now uh, for Vivian Champ? Um, I was born in Bryan, Texas, but I've lived a little bit of everywhere. I've moved a lot as a kid. So I've lived in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Arizona and Tennessee, but I'm back in the great state of Texas. Um, and I'm currently going to St. Andrews. I've been going there for two years now, so sophomore and junior year, and I will be finishing out my high school career there, which is really exciting. Um, I have uh, an older brother who currently goes to Arizona State University, um, and he played soccer in high school, so I've kind of followed his footsteps. And my dad was a high school coach, or my bad, a college soccer coach. So he coached at Princeton and ASU. Um, so I kind of grew up on the soccer field with him 
and he was also a professional soccer player in Hungary and um, with the Lone Stars here um, in Texas when I was a team. So it's definitely been a good bonding experience for my family um, to play soccer, which is one of the sports I do play at St. Andrews. Um, and college plans. Currently don't know, looking at a good amount of schools. I am excited. I don't know if I will go um, to play any sports at college, but I definitely will keep it as like an intramural thing because sports will always stay with me. I'm a very competitive person. So I definitely enjoy being athletic. Um, yeah. Well, I see on the bio notes that you're a three sport athlete, cheer and softball. Uh, can I put you on the spot and say, you know, what's your favorite sport? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I've played soccer the most. So it's definitely um, in my blood. It's really fun. Uh, but I love my cheer coach and my softball coach. So they definitely give a good atmosphere. There you go. Well, 100 years ago, when I was in high school, everybody did three sports. And uh, we were always, uh, we would always say, whatever season it is, that's our favorite sport. So uh, there's a, an easy answer for you next time. Ben Center, St. Stephen's School. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Ben. I grew up in Austin all my life. I actually went to preschool at St. Stephen's because my mom works there. So I've been at St. Stephen's my whole life. Started going there again in sixth grade. Been there. We'll graduate from there. Um, I play three sports. Play volleyball, basketball, and tennis. Uh, I don't really plan on playing in college, but um, I'll definitely play intramurals like Vivian, and um, I'm just excited to be here. So thank you. All right. Can I uh, put you on the spot the same way? You know, do you have a favorite sport? Uh, I don't know. I, I like all of them. Good answer. Good answer. Well, Mark, uh, you're also at uh, St. Andrews. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what's going on in your life right now. So I was born in Austin, actually, and I've been here whole life. I went to St. Andrews in first grade and I haven't left. So I'm going to end up being a lifer here. So I've been through the whole thing. We've I've been through, I think, two heads of school, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. But I've been here a while and, you know, it's good to be here. Um, in terms of sports, I play baseball and football. You know, I don't really have a favorite of the two. I think I like the two for very different reasons. They're very different sports and, you know, obviously two different groups of friends that play each sport that you can hang out with, whether on the baseball field, on the football field. Um, and other than that, I'm just excited to be here. You know, you reminded me there about St. Andrews. Um, in addition to your assistant athletic director and lacrosse coach, uh, I also uh, used to work for your head of school, uh, Sean Murphy. So, you know, just connections all over the place. Ben, we're going to go ahead and start off with you. Um, in our profession of athletic administration, we always talk about the importance of mentoring and you know leadership. And I'm, I'm curious, even though you know you're still in high school, still you know, it's, I think it's uh, safe to say you're at a young age. Um, who have been some of your mentors in your life so far? Uh, the expression that I like to use is, you know, even many, many, many years later, uh, I still hear those voices in my head. Uh, when I'm talking with a coach or a student or even a parent sometimes. So uh, any voices in your head at this age? I would have to say my dad. He grew up playing sports. He was a college coach for 30 years. Um, he's always calmed me down when I'm playing sports. I tend to get angry a little bit. And he's given me a lot of great advice in 
many different sports throughout my whole life. And I just always hear him telling me to calm down, keep my head in the game. Don't let my opponent get in my head. It's just stuff like that. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say we can never um, overestimate the impact that our parents have. Uh, sounds like you've got a good mentor there. Mark, how about you? Uh, whose voice uh, are you hearing in your head uh, when you're out there competing? I mean, I got to say the exact same thing with my dad. My dad coached me. He coached me in football when I was little, coached me in baseball, coached me in basketball. Um, and he, he's, you know, he's at almost all my games. He, he's coached those sports, definitely not at a college level, but he's been coaching just for fun um, for 20 some odd years. I know he used to like coach, go just coach the little league for fun right when he got out of college. So just having him there, he's probably that voice that I would hear. Very cool. Very cool. Vivian, um, any mentors that you can share with us? Um, I would say both of my parents. My dad, obviously, he's super helpful um, with soccer and telling me. Um, and he's always, he always like is available and open to take me on the field. If he, if he doesn't know the sport, he'll take me out and do cheer with me, which is just absolutely fun. And then my mom is just like such a sweet, calm, nice person. And she definitely kind of keeps me like level in my head. Um, so if I'm kind of frustrated or just can't understand something, it's always nice to hear her voice just calming me down. That's, that's great to hear about the impact your parents have had uh, in such a positive way. Uh, it just makes me think my wife is a career teacher and career coach and our three kids who are all in their 30s now, um, we got to coach them when they were your age. And, uh, you know, we certainly look back at that with fond memories. I don't know how much they do. No, I think they do. Uh, but, uh, you know, my own dad was, he was always at my games, um, it would never come to a practice. I mean, back then, you know, parents at practice, get out of here. Um, but was always supportive of me and uh, very much a mentor in my life. Okay. Mark, I'm going to let you handle this uh, next question. Um, COVID has certainly uh, impacted sports in the last year, now going on, you know, a year and a half. And as we said, we're recording this in May. So uh, most states are now uh, wrapping up spring sports and Florida, we're, we're pretty much done. We've had our state championships and we're headed toward graduation. But um, for your school, St. Stephen's, let's go back a year when COVID was, you know, had really, uh, you know, hit its peak. Um, what happened in Texas? What happened at uh, St. Andrews? And then I'll let uh, Vivian talk a little bit about how uh, you guys responded to COVID this year. So Mark, uh, what happened last year in Texas with COVID? So uh, we were in the middle of our baseball season, actually right in the middle of it. Um, and that was really unfortunate. We had a group, I wanna say eight seniors who were all really good. We had a, a really good team that year. We felt like we had a shot to go compete at SBC. That's the conference we're in. Um, and we, obviously that didn't happen. As soon as COVID hit, uh, we initially went on a two-week delay. We said spring break and then one more week. So it should have been just a week off. And then we said, we're going to be home learning for April. And so that was the end of our spring season, which was unfortunate. And I think just like some of the causes of that is we did lose some of that tradition and some of that camaraderie there. Because when you have so many seniors and so many leaders that you can learn from and, and you have those guys to help bring the new guys along, because right now our baseball team specifically – 
is a lot of sophomores, a lot of freshmen, or I guess freshmen wouldn't have been there then, but a lot of sophomores who were on that varsity team as, you know, more supporting roles. We didn't play as much, but we were there and we were getting that leadership, that example from those guys. And I think we did end up losing about half a season of that, which was unfortunate. Uh, again, we, we can hear stories from all kinds of different schools about that. I remember a year ago, our boys lacrosse team, you know, we, we were looking at a potential state champion, uh, worst case, just a final four team and just got completely shut down. You know, those seniors, you know, didn't get a chance to, to have that senior year. So definitely feel for you. Vivian, what happened this year? Uh, how did Texas uh, respond? Uh, you know, did you have sports? Was it modified? And maybe even talk a little bit about your return to school, the academic part of it um, this year. Um, so St. Andrews, the first people to go back were actually um, the sports teams. It was kind of a trial for us to see how things would run at school. So the first um, time I was back on campus was with our cheer squad, which was a very interesting experience. Um, it was my first time probably being in a bigger group since COVID had started, um, especially at school and masked up. It was an interesting experience. And for softball and um, soccer, similar experiences. Um, it was just a lot of being relying on our teammates um, and definitely sticking to the rules. I think the really nice part was that my team was all on the same level or all of my teams were. Um, and we were kind of really serious about the COVID restrictions and actions um, because we all wanted to keep safe and keep the school safe. Um, and then going back to school, we started off online. Um, and then we transitioned into a pod learning experience, which was with our advisors and advisories. We were at school for, I believe, two weeks, and um, we did asynchronous work, and then we transitioned back into in-person, um, but it's definitely been a little different this year. We've had to switch our schedule around a little bit to make it work so that not everyone's eating lunch at the same time um, and all of that, and so it's definitely, it's been an interesting experience this year, and we have Wednesdays off, so we have a four, four um, day week this year, and I know we're all going to miss it next year. <laughs> Well, and again, I think that's what we're all looking forward to is a return to normalcy. Although uh, that's another example that you mentioned the four day week of uh, an unintended consequence that, you know, people are going, hey, we like that, you know, let, let's keep that. Ben, um, you were a sophomore last year when COVID hit, um, you know, what happened uh, at your school? And again, how did you respond this year for return to school and also return to play? Uh, I was in the middle of my tennis season last year uh, when COVID hit, and like Mark said, we thought we were going to come back, but it just never happened. Uh, the biggest hit for me was my volleyball team this year. Uh, 12 of our 15 guys were all seniors. We were definitely, I mean, I, I don't want to brag, but we were going to win SBC. We were looking really good, and it just really hurt that we weren't able to compete this year because they didn't really have fall sports and so that that was the biggest hit for me definitely uh i've been one of the few people at my school that have tried to go back every single day that i could so i've been in person for most of the year and i, I really like that i don't like doing online classes so that, that's been good for me we went back i don't really know when but i feel like i've been back in school for quite a while I didn't miss that much. So, yeah. 
for, um, and this is a question for all of you, uh, Ben will let you jump in first, um, for the competitions that you were able to have this year. Um, were you restricting attendance? Were there any fans and parents allowed to come? Uh, ben, what, what happened at St. Stephen's? Um, for fall and winter sports, we weren't really allowed to have fans. Um, we were like only one of our parents could really come for winter sports and for fall sports, we didn't have any fans. But then for spring sports, um, they let our fans come. Well, mostly because those were out, outdoor sports. So they could just sit outdoors and watch our games. But yeah, it was it was tough not having fans for fall and winter sports. And especially for fall, we only played against St. Andrews because they're in our city. We weren't allowed to like go to Houston, go to Dallas, stuff that we normally do. Right. Vivian, how about you guys? Uh, how, how were fans treated uh, at St. Stephen's, St. Andrews? <laughs> Um, at St. Andrews, I know for the winter sports, we started with only one um, spectator per player per game. Um, and then that opened up a little bit more to two people, but that was more restricted to your parents and family and less of students at the school. Um, and you had to go through a sign-in process to make sure that if you were there um, and a COVID instance did happen, they could contact. Um, and then when we went and played other teams like St. Stephen's, we weren't allowed to have any um, spectators and we didn't end up going to Houston for any of our winter trips but um, for softball in the spring we um, were allowed to have more spectators though softball is a little interesting and then we were allowed to bring spectators to most of our games when we did travel to Houston. Oh, well, well that's cool. Mark um, I'm going to let you speak for the student body now. Um, once fans were allowed to begin attending games um, was there um, uh, an increase in student spirit? Uh, were they happy to be back to games? I mean, for sure. I think that I think that we didn't really have that as much as I think we would have liked. There was a lot of it was still that two person rule, even in the spring where you were only supposed to bring your friends and family. I think one of the best, there were two nights really for baseball where we had home games where they allowed, um, fans there one is our what we call our diamond day which is a day in the middle of the school day where we have two baseball games in a row uh normally it's four but it was two this year and all the students since it's right before spring break a lot of teachers will say hey y'all can go watch the baseball game instead of coming to class and so you have students that show up to baseball games in the middle of the school day and i th thought that was a really great atmosphere i think for the team we definitely fed off of that to be able to say there's i don't know 50 70 60 students out there watching us play and it was really nice and then also senior night was a big deal we I think we had we had a lot of students then as well because senior night and your support the seniors all that stuff and so they allowed some students to go to those games as well and I just felt like those those were probably my favorite games of the year just because you had that audience and I think that energized the team and that team energy just made it that much more fun Oh, absolutely and, and you made me think of something when I was interviewing uh, Josh your assistant AD he was telling me about an activity that he was planning to do. Uh, did you guys have your silent night student activity during basketball season? I believe we did, yes. Okay. Ben? I can about that. I was at that game. I, I played against them during their silent night. I know Mark doesn't play basketball, so yeah, they did have that. 
Okay. Um, I, he was telling me about that and I had actually seen the, uh, the ESPN feature on it a few years ago and uh, forgot about it. And so I said, God, that's the, one of the greatest things I think I've ever seen. I need to try and get that going in my school. So glad it went out, went out. Okay. We are visiting with Mark Greenberg, Vivian Champ and Ben Center, student athletes from the great state of Texas. We're going to continue with our interview after a quick word from our podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. The Educational AD Podcast wants to thank Violet Defense Technology for being our named sponsor. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Welcome back everyone to the Educational AD Podcast. We're visiting with uh, three student athletes from the state of Texas, and they are doing a great job for us. Uh, Mark, let's come back to you. One of the things we like to do with the podcast is to share what we call best practices, you know, good ideas, um, best ways to do things. So I'm gonna give you a chance to brag a little bit about St. Andrews. Uh, what's something that when you look at your school and your athletic department that you can say, boy, we really do a great job with this. Uh, do you have a best practice you can share? I mean, for me, it would be what I just mentioned on quickly is Diamond Day. So what Diamond Day is, is it's the two days, not typically without COVID, obviously COVID changed. But it's tip, Diamond Day is typically the two days prior to spring break where a lot of the classes, you know, they don't do as much. You're kind of winding down because you're not going to, give some big tests at least most of the time and so we have two baseball we have four baseball games two on thursday two on friday in the middle of the school day and so we as the baseball team leave our classes we go play baseball and a lot of other teachers will allow different students to just go leave their class and go watch the baseball game and then typically for one day we'll bring food trucks down we'll have a whole lunch you might have some pizza you might have burgers whatever they are and the kids most of them come down, they get some food from the food trucks and they watch the baseball game. And when it's not a diamond day, you get this atmosphere of maybe a hundred, 150 students all down there watching a baseball game, which is a ton for our school. You know, we're small school, probably about 400 roughly students in the upper school. So to have about a third of them there, it's an incredible atmosphere to be a part of. I mean, specifically last year, we ended up with a walk-off grand slam to close out our year on diamond day, right before COVID hit. And, you know, I think that was just that incredible atmosphere. And I think that's something great that we do as the baseball team and as an athletic department. That is a great idea. Now, is that um, we used to do something like that you know, as an old football coach. You know, we would have a, a, a traveling trophy and and we would do that where the kids got out early to come and, and pack the stadium. Uh, do you do that with the same opponent each year or do you it just this is Diamond Day and we're going to be playing this school? So it's actually, it's typically a tournament type deal, round robin, but that we have, that we hold in our school. And so, you know, we just have different opponents cycle through. It's no one specific, but it's just four opponents. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. 
Vivian, um, I hope that wasn't your idea uh, since you go to St. Andrews too, but uh, what's a, a best practice uh, from your school that you can share with us? Um, I definitely do love Diamond Day, uh, but one of the things I was gonna share is that we at St. Andrews have something called an athletic council and I'm personally on the athletic council. And I think it's a great idea that we have and it's really helpful. Um, so it's students from all grades um, can apply to be on the athletic council and it's a really good representation of all the sports. Um, and we come together and we meet in meetings to talk about things and to get interaction with our coaches and our athletic director. And we have like a direct channel through them. And then there's subcommittees that help focus on certain things. So like spirit and fan days and things like how to co um, coordinate silent night and diamond day. And um, I'm a part of the committee that's for student outreach. So it's really important for us to hear the students' opinions and how they think things are going and how they want um, outcomes. And so we can have students come to us and we'll be like their um, kind of advocates within the athletic council for what their change they wanna see. And I just think it's really important um, because it's, it's sometimes hard to go to your athletic director yourself and be like, hey, I wanna see this change. So I think it's helpful to have people that aren't really afraid to do that for you um, and are just trying to be your biggest advocate within um, the athletic system. No, you hit it right on the head. The, the student athlete advisory councils, leadership councils, you know, captains councils, whatever you call them at your school, uh, when they're done properly are just so valuable to the school. You know, having the student athletes, you know, take ownership, take charge, uh, you know, be accountable for those types of school spirit events, uh, because, you know, let's face it, you have your finger on the pulse of, you know, student school spirit. Uh, I, I just think they're so great. Uh, we've got a pretty good one at our school. We're always trying to get better, but uh, sounds like you guys really knock it out of the park with that. Ben, uh, how about you? What are some best practices at St. Stephen's that you are really proud of that you think, boy, we do this better than anybody else? Well, um, one thing that I would say is when we have a big game, I know a lot of other schools like to schedule like an easy game that they know they're going to win for like homecoming night. But at least for me, like we schedule tough games. So our homecoming night, I remember, I'll always remember this. Uh, it was my sophomore year. I was on the varsity volleyball team. And I mean, the gym was packed. Everyone from the school was there. And we went to a fifth set like 23 to 25, close, closest you can possibly be. And just the atmosphere in that gym when it was a close game on such a big night, I mean, it was unbelievable. There, when we won, people stormed the court. There's a picture of my friend like holding me up with like hundreds of fans around us. And it, it was just the best feeling you could possibly have. So just having a tough game on a night like that was, I think, perfect. Oh, yeah, those um... – rivalry nights, you know, those big nights, packing the stands, you know, I, I don't think there's anything better. Um, some of the challenges that you find nowadays compared to, again, 100 years ago when I was in school, is that nowadays there's so many more teams that student athletes can be a part of. And a lot of times um, people that might normally be in the stands cheering a friend on, they've got their own games and, and their, their team is traveling elsewhere. So, when it all comes together, boy, those uh, big student nights, those big crowds, you know, there's nothing better. Vivian, another question that we've been asking our athletic directors and our students 
revolves around the idea of social awareness, um, social justice, if you will. And, and this is my question, and it's, it's been aimed at athletic directors. What are some things that we can do uh, in this area? What are some things that we can do better? Uh, how can we do a better job as ADs in the area of you know, being socially aware uh, for our kids, our coaches, our programs? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's really important for athletic directors to be involved, even if you don't know all the sports or all the coaches or all the students, even kind of dipping a toe in, going around, watching a practice, saying hi, getting to know them. Um, at, I went to a large public school before this. I couldn't even tell you who my athletic director was. Um, so that's why I really do enjoy St. Andrews because I do know who our athletic director is. And I, I feel like he's approachable once he comes to games and somehow asserts himself within the community of the sport I'm playing. Cause I feel like it's more, he's, he's one of us, he's with us, he's on our side. Um, and I think that's really helpful um, just in general so that that uh, communication can be open and that he's aware of what's going on if there is an issue um, or we're not afraid to go and tell them um, and that they, they care about the sport. And um, I think it's really important just to be there, to be open um, and a fan. No, absolutely. You, you got to be present. And as you said, you know, you have to be open and, and be able to listen. Ben, uh, what are your thoughts on this? How can ADs do a better job of being socially aware on these social issues? I mean, what Vivian said was perfect. Just engaging with the, like, uh, the players, maybe sitting down with the captains of the teams every, like, throughout the season, not just once at the end or in the middle, just throughout the season, getting to know them. You know, seeing what they can do better, talking to the players is just something that's very helpful. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. Just talk to the players, get to know them, get to know what they want, what they want to change, what what's going good, what's going bad, just stuff like that. Do you feel like there's a mechanism at that um, at uh, St. Stephen's that you know you can, you can you do have a voice that's heard? Um. I mean, I haven't been the captain of a team yet. I know for volleyball, at least, our captain would sit down with the AD uh, fairly regularly. So I feel like that's done pretty well. Okay. All right, Mark, what are your thoughts on this? How can athletic directors do a better job of being socially aware? I mean, I honestly don't have much. I would just say, um, just kind of adding on to exactly what they said, just adding on the whole student body. You know, a big thing that we're doing at St. Andrews this year is, and, and this is actually the Athletics Council, I don't know how much how involved you are. I know the Student Council is involved, is they're making a really big push to have a massive homecoming next year and do as much as they can. And uh, I know people that are really pushing for that, and, the, and I know they have the support of their teachers. And I think it's just not just focusing on athletics, although it's important to focus on the athletics because they are the athletes but the people watching the athletics, the whole student body and, and knowing what they're after and seeing their goals and helping them achieve those goals. But I think other than that, I think Ben and Vivian both just hit the nail on the head, nothing else really to add. Okay, well, I appreciate you sharing it. And I think you're right. Uh, we always wanted to service our student athletes, but we also want to bring in uh, those who are not uh, active athletes as, as fans, as, uh, you know, maybe as a manager, a staff person, you know, get them involved in the athletic experience. So, no, absolutely. Well, this has been really, really neat uh, meeting the three of you and hearing how things are done uh, a little bit in Texas. 
uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. So what I'm going to ask you to do is, uh, you know, fast forward uh, 10 or 15 years and you, know, you are a brand new athletic director at your school. Um, I'm going to ask you what three tools do you think you would want to have in your toolbox to be able to do the very best job possible? Uh, what tools should go into your athletic director toolbox? Ben, we're going to start with you. Um, I would just say hire good coaches. I mean, if you're a new athletic director, you need good coaches surrounding you. Um, and that, that's one of the most important things. Um, engage with the players and um, just something that my school does that's good is we have something called the Spartan Army and so for big nights they'll like make t-shirts so everyone at the school will have a t-shirt with Spartan Army on it uh, that really brings up team spirit so just not just engage with the coaches and the players but just the whole school in general great great ideas um, you know again an athletic director can only do so much and, and having good people around you you know, starting with the coaches, absolutely key. Uh, Vivian, um, put on your athletic director hat. What's going to go in your toolbox? Um, first, I think communication up and down the chain. I think it's really important um, to have a good direction um, of line with the head of the school um, and an athlete, just everyone kind of being an advocate for all of them. And that was going to be my second thing, advocacy, um, just really speaking out. Uh, for my students and for what my school believes in um, and outreach and then knowledge. I think you can never, I think you're never like done learning. Um, I think this podcast is really important. Like if I was an athletic director, I definitely want to learn from other people and steal their ideas and give them credit later um, and just continue to add to my toolbox. I'd, I'd never be done with it. Okay. All right. Well done. I like that. Mark, bring us home. Uh, what's going to go in your athletic director toolbox? I'd say a couple of things. One of the main ones is this ability of, I guess the, the best thing to call it is to be able to walk the line. And what I mean by that is that as an athletic director, you're in this position where your job is to execute the athletic policy of the school, the athletic policy of the board, the athletic policy of the head of school, the whoever the athletic director is beholden to but you're also in this really unique position where you hear from these coaches you hear from the students and you're their way of communicating and you're this one person who's the way of communicating between those students and this administration and getting the students once across and even sometimes getting parents once across from the administ from the students and parents to that administration and so being able to walk that line that thin line of you know, you got to execute the policy and you got to play both sides and you got to really walk that narrow line. And I think that's one thing that's hard skill, but I think it's important. And I think that's a big one. I think the next thing I'd say is just trust. You got to trust kind of like what Ben said in Vivian, you got to trust the people underneath you. You got to trust that you hired the right guy to do the job. And now they're going to do that job correctly. And they're going to do what needs to be done. And you got to trust that they're going to build that program correctly because you can't be managing every single program you just don't have the time there's 20 sports and one athletic director and that's why you have coaches 
So you got to trust that they know what they're doing. And then I think the third thing is just, you got to build a culture and that's built. And by that, I mean a winning culture. Winning is something that's for me personally, really important. I'm a really competitive person. I want to win in everything I do, whether it be sports, whether, whether it be athletic academics, whether it be anything I want to win because winning is really important. And I think that wherever I would want to go to school or wherever I would be the athletic director, I would want to instill that winning culture. Okay. Wow. Great, great advice uh, from all three. Thank you so much. Really appreciate all of you sharing your heart on that toolbox. We've got one more question for each of you. Um, As you go into your summer and you're getting ready for, you know, that next year, we've got a couple of seniors to be in a junior to be. What's one thing that you would want your athletic director to know, or maybe they're doing something really good and you want to make sure they keep doing that. Uh, You know, what's one thing you would really want your athletic director to know? Vivian, we're going to start with you. Um, I want my athletic director to know that I am a dedicated athlete, but I'm also a dedicated student. And I'm working both ends here and I'm trying to make a meet and I'm trying to make the best in both because I want to be the best athlete I can, but I, I'm looking forward to college and, you know, I want to get into college that with, with the, the ability to go where I want to go. Um, and so I think it's just important for them to know that I, I'm trying my best, um, but I'm also trying my best somewhere else and I'm trying to split my time perfectly. And so I'm, I may not be the best soccer player, um, but I'm, I'm working my hardest and that I just need their support um, and in both facets of all my life. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm working for them, but I want them to work for me um, and to be there to advocate in my school life and to advocate for me in my um, athletic life. Absolutely. And that's why they call it student athlete. Okay. Great reminder for all of us as ADs. Okay. Mark, how about you? What's something you'd like your athletic director to know? For me, I think it's, it's almost a group thing and it's not everybody. And I know that there's exceptions, but it's that we care and it's not, and I know you, of course, you have your, you know, class clown on the team who's out there just because, and of course you have those, but if you're out there for the large part, you care, you want to win. You want to be a part of that team, kind of similar to what Vivian said, but, and even though you do have these other things, that team matters. And so if you ask us, Hey, what do you think about this? we'll tell you and what, and we really care. And we really want those changes because we care. We want the team to be better. We want the school to be better. We want to go win. And so I think that's just important to remember everywhere, but especially in athletics, because that's what we're talking about right now is that if we're doing it, if we're spending the time, we really care about it. And so just hearing what we have to say, not only helps us feel like you care what we have to say, which makes us care more, but I think, I feel like it helps make move the program forward. Uh, great, great point. And uh, one thing that I've tried to do at our school, and I didn't come up with this, I heard it years ago and stole it, uh, was the word compete. Uh, we always talk about competing and competition. And that word compete, if you go back to the Latin, it means strive together. Hey, we're all in this together. The players, the coaches, the ADs, and even the parents strive together, compete. Uh, always want to compete. And if you do that, you're going to have your share of winning. All right, Ben, your chance to uh, bring us home. What's something that you'd like your athletic director to know about you? 
Um, I like to, to know that things change and something like at our school, volleyball, it started, I think, six years ago. At the beginning, we had one team, barely enough guys. You know, we, we had a football team that was big. And now six years later, we've got more than enough kids for three volleyball teams and we don't even have enough for a full football team. And so, I mean, things change and we, you just need to be ready for those changes and accommodate to the players for those changes. No, absolutely. You know, you, you got to be flexible. Um, great, great point. Mark Greenberg, Vivian Champ, and Ben Center. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been a treat for me. I know it's been a treat for our listeners. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. For our listeners, uh, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are also being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational Athletic Director YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.